guys, wanted to introduce you to a couple of gold level sponsors of top rated MMA and the Bearded Biz Show. Number one, Anglesey Family Chiropractic. They're in Coeur d'Alene where I'm at. They're also in Spokane Valley. I know I have a lot of fighters that follow our show and have been able to connect with fighters from that area. If you're a fighter, if you're at the gym or just need an adjustment, Dr. Craig Anglesey is your guy. Go check him out. He is in Coeur d'Alene and Spokane Valley. I also wanted to introduce you to Training is Ritual. They're an MMA apparel company based out of Alabama. They've got MMA gear for both men and women, accessories, rash guards, supplements. If you're into death metal, horror movies, leg locks, and MMA, this is the brand you want to go check out. They're an awesome apparel brand, high quality gear every time. Go check them out. Training is ritual.com. Your your wife, a mom, combat veteran, former Miss Nevada, and now you're running for Clark County School Board District B. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate being here. I like to go back to the, the beginning of your journey there. You were born in Utah. You moved to Illinois. What was childhood like for you? Yeah, uh, my childhood was uh, uh, turbulent, you could say. Uh, it was kind of different. It was very odd. You know, I uh, make a joke that all my parents have been divorced and remarried at least four times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my, my goal is one marriage. And that's <laughs> yeah. I told my husband there's only one way he's getting out of it, you know. Right. <laughs> well, let's say with my wife and I. Uh, we're, we're both coming from those crazy houses. Yeah, I told him, I said, there's one way you're getting out of this, and your life insurance isn't good enough to make you a millionaire yet, so you're just going to have to stick around. (laughs) Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, so I uh, I was born in Salt Lake City, Utah, and I actually grew up in West Valley, Utah, and so people who are from Utah would hear West Valley, and they'd be like, ew, that's like the ghetto of Mormons, and it really really is. Um, And so when I was 13, my, uh, my stepdad had moved me out to Illinois. Because uh, he was originally from Illinois, so I okay. grew up in Illinois. Did my high school, adolescent years there. Um, joined the military at 17. Went to basic training when I was a junior in high school. Um, you know, when I came back, I graduated high school barely. <laughs> um, you know, because I feel like when people like go to the military that early, they just kind of get a little bit of an ego. You know, which I have. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um and as soon as I graduated high school, I actually deployed to Afghanistan with the 33rd Brigade Combat Team out of Illinois. Wow. And so there's about 3,400 of us, and we went to Kabul, Afghanistan, and we were all over the country and all over the world, and it was awesome. And then when I came back, I was 19 years old, and I thought, okay, what do I do next? <laughs> yeah. So um, I went active duty with the Guard, and I was a recruiter, and I worked on a state security team uh, known as the Jock. Most people may not know that, but it's basically uh, a joint operations center. You work in the basement of the TAG building and you just watch screens all day. (laughs) So it sounds cool, but it's really not. Um, It's kind of boring uh, because the only time something's happening is when something bad is happening. And of course, we never want that to happen. So uh, yeah, and then I became a recruiter. Okay. And I was a recruiter for four years in Illinois, and then I actually resigned my recruiting position. I owned a CrossFit gym for a little bit with my husband. Uh, nice. We decided that we didn't want to run it anymore, that it was doing okay, and it was just kind of, we wanted to work on ourselves a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so we sold the gym, and we moved to Las Vegas. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. That's yeah, awesome. I know. <laughs> That's so cool. I, I was, I love to ask this question, but what made you, what motivated you to kind of get into the National Guard there and, and uh, go that route? So my hero has always been my grandfather and he unfortunately died when I was six. You know, this is the man that taught me how to ride a bike, taught me how to tie my shoe. Um, And he was in the, he was in the Navy first and then he transferred to the army. So he was in the service for about 10 years. Um, So I have his flag that was on his casket. I have all his medals. I have 
his, you know, CD214, all his pictures. I have everything that he's ever owned from the military. And so I knew from that point that I was going to join the military. I didn't know when, and I, of course, didn't know which branch. Um, I knew I didn't want to go in the Navy because, like, a, like a kid, I was like, I don't want to swim. Right, sure. <laughs> I was like, not a good swimmer. Don't right. want to be on a boat. Awesome. Um, yeah, so I was like, oh, my God, Army's probably where I'm going to go. So when I was 16, I was actually talking to reserve recruiters. Okay. And then uh, I had picked a date, and we were going to go like a week after my birthday, which is March 8th. And then it was, it was weird how the National Guard, it was like the very next day, they came into my school and they were like, hey, why are you joining the reserves? Like we pay for college and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, I know my parents aren't gonna pay for that. <laughs> so I actually just decided to switch. So before I went to NETS, I actually switched to the Guard. We redid all my paperwork and I actually went down on my birthday and and joined on my birthday. So on my 17th wow. birthday, I joined. So every single year I had a birthday, I know that's another year done with the military. <laughs> right. Wow. That's awesome. One of the things I did uh, for this round was I asked some of my friends on, on Facebook, uh, you know, so if they had any questions that I might ask you. And one guy that was yeah. on my show, his name was Ernie Mariscal, and he's a combat veteran as well. And he wanted to know, like, what was that transition like for you from military to civilian life? Oh, it's so hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what people don't tell you, and I, and I've tried to tell this to soldiers too a lot because currently now I work with soldiers as far as like a retention capacity, you know, and, um, what I try to tell them is transitioning over to a civilian life, which most veterans know is that it's probably one of the hardest transitions you'll ever make as an adult, right? You know, people are like, yeah. Oh, I'm changing jobs and I'm moving and whatever, you know, coming home from overseas it was kind of a real awakening that like time almost stands still for you, but it keeps going for everyone else. And for soldiers to get over that is really hard, especially young soldiers. Um, I think I probably had a really tough time with it being 19 years old. I didn't have any really real big guidance in my life. Uh, you know, and I wasn't in, I wasn't plugged into a church at the time. So for me trying to figure out, you know, that I could have died and nobody would have cared. Like those were the feelings that I kind of felt. And I yeah. feel like a lot of combat veterans have that same feeling. Mm -hmm. um when you join like when you become a recruiter you basically become another civilian so i will say this that i tell people like as a recruiter you know and as a line soldier you kind of get mixed and you kind of get confused a little bit so i was a recruiter for a long time and then i actually went back into like an infantry brigade okay. and i had to tell people i was like okay give me six months to figure the soldiering stuff back out because i kind of forgot <laughs> you know sure. when yeah. you're when you're uh when you're a recruiter and you're dealing with teenagers and their parents you're not right. talking in acronyms you're not talking about you know gun trucks and deployments and things like that uh you know because the last thing you want to do is scare them off you want to be honest with them but you don't want to scare them off right so, sure. <laughs> yeah it's very different it's a very different transition for sure that's awesome now we kind of mentioned this earlier but you're former miss nevada you were stripped yeah. of your title <laughs> were essentially thrown out of the miss america pageant and were having your conservative views how did all that go down and what's going through your mind when you got that initial notice on that yeah so i can't really say that that's like they won't ever admit that that's why they kicked me out. Right, sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, I, so I can't like officially say that that's why they kicked me out. Yeah. Um, they say I violated the rules, and which I actually didn't. You know, I had a pageant page and I had a personal page, and my personal page constantly would say like, "You can post whatever you want on your personal page, just don't put politics on your pageant page." I said, "No problem." I never did. Yeah. Um, but on my personal page, yeah, I'm very political. I, I pay attention very well. 
Um, you know, my husband makes fun of me because I just read all the bills that come to the Senate and the uh, House of Representatives floor every single week. So uh, just because I want to know what's being voted on. But sure. yeah, so I, I joined this pageant in April. I was awarded the title um, and there was no in-state pageant. It's basically just this big national pageant. And so I, I'm going through all the processes. I'm hitting my events. I'm talking to the coordinator almost every single week. And I got to a point where you know, she would tell me on the phone that she agreed with me and that she was like all on my side. Uh, and then she would get on an email and kind of berate me, you know, yell at me, if you will. And yeah, I know it's kind of odd. So I actually told her at one point, and I said, Hey, I'm not going to talk to you on the phone anymore. Like just, just email me, just text me. I just need to have a reference point to come back to. Yeah. And that was, that was absolutely out of question. She says, I need to talk to you right now. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, cause to me being in the military, as I'm sure, you know, if it didn't happen on paper, it didn't happen at all. Right. Um, sure. So, so that's kind of where I got with that. Well then four days before the actual pageant, she sent me in the notice, kicked me out. Um, and I was, <laughs> I think I was so mad that I was just laughing the whole time. And I was telling sure. my husband, I'm like, this is insanity. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I know. So I actually called a good friend of mine. Uh, that night that I got kicked out, he said, just take a day, just take a breath. And he's like, maybe collect some thoughts, put it on a video and let's just see what happens. And that's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> and it went viral, went on Fox news and all kinds of different things. I had a couple of hit pieces written on me, which is fine. But, you know. Sure. Right. So. Wow. Crazy. Well, now you're an ambassador for Turning Point USA. How did you get involved with them and what are you doing for those guys right now? So I, I actually had reached out to them prior to getting kicked out Okay. because I thought I was like, Oh, how good would it be to have like a pageant queen in their thing? Right. Sure. Um, <laughs> well then when I got kicked out, they reached out to me and they're like, Whoa, this is not okay. You know, they were completely <laughs> on my side. They were so supportive. Yeah. Um, when I actually went speaking out, I guess the coordinator had actually started emailing turning point USA trying to get me kicked off of their team as well. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny because every single time I do a video, so just so you know, right. So, so uh, every time I do a show, like the pageant coordinator will kind of get a whiff of it and she'll email whoever owns it, <laughs> try to try to get it off the air. She's only been successful. She's been successful one time. <laughs> okay. <Come> on. <laughs> um, so crazy. So, yeah. So I'm just like, let it go. But yeah, so Attorney Point USA, I actually just go to events with them and okay. I'm just an influencer ambassador. Um, I talk to the people that are fans of Turning Point USA. I push people into the direction of Turning Point USA. Um, give them website links to, to learn more. I post videos for them, things like that. So, Gotcha. And, and now you're running for, like I said, Clark County School Board District B. What what got you motivated to, to go and, and start running for that? Well, I mean, I have a four-year-old daughter, so yeah. school is important to me. You know, currently right now she's in like a privatized daycare type thing, but it's got a preschool curriculum. And you know, as parents, we want nothing but the best for our children, but I also don't want to keep spending $12,000 a year <laughs> on, uh, on, you know, curriculum, basically. Right? Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, she's not even in college yet, you <laughs> know? Um, so my husband and I were talking about this, and we were, you know, I'm constantly up on elections. I constantly look at them and see what's kind of going on. I like the school board position just because it's a nonpartisan position. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go in there and you can be as moderate or as far extreme, whatever you want to go. Um, and people are going to vote for you based on if they think you're a good fit for their children. 
Yeah. Now, all of my opponents are actually registered Democrats, except for one. I think he's registered as an independent. I'm the only conservative that's registered. Wow. Um, and I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, and I yeah. tell people, you know, of course, the Red Robin tweet goes viral. And I was like, nobody can tell me that I don't back down from a fight, though. Right. <laughs> you know, because I refuse. <laughs> I refuse. And I was like, I think that's the kind of person you want fighting for your children, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's kind of one of those things that I think is an important office. I think, too, that people always talk about well, what about the children what about the children and yet when the children are up for debate like they always get the short end of the stick yeah I think that's terrible right. <laughs> you know if they're supposed to be our most prized people in our society and they're our future you know I don't understand why we are you know letting them have this you know pardon my French but piss poor education you know uh CTSD we're the fifth largest district in the nation and we're currently ranked at 46 Wow. So it's so bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so bad here. And I, I even had um, a, you know, like a little focus group of teenagers, and I asked them what was their biggest issues that they saw. And one of the things that they said, which actually kind of shocked me, I thought it was odd, is that cell phones are a huge distraction to them, and they don't want them in the classroom. You know, because they can't learn, they can't yeah. retain. Right. You know, um, the fact that cursive isn't being taught in school anymore is insane to me because that's what I learned when I was in third grade. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, yeah, and they they they're not taught uh, cursive writing anymore, so they can't even take notes because they can't keep up. Sure. So I thought that was interesting for sure. Wow. And now we've got this whole coronavirus thing and changing the way yeah. that people are living. Uh, how's your everyday life changed since this whole thing is rolled out? Well, as you can see, I'm home. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, uh, I think I think people misconstrued me a lot. They thought that maybe I didn't care, that I don't, wasn't taking it seriously enough. Um, gosh, man, I do take it seriously. Half my family is in the medical field. My husband is a paramedic. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, my, you know, my mother-in-law is an ER nurse, and my father-in-law has been a firefighter for, you know, 32 years. Um, so it was kind of crazy that day that we went to Red Robin, it was actually, we were actually out traveling. So it's not like we could have gone anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's like, I, I do take it seriously. My only fear is, is really, you know, I think people, they get a little uncomfortable because they haven't been, you know, uh, traveled, they haven't traveled the world. They haven't really, people in our society really haven't suffered that much. You know, we're still the richest nation here in, in the entire world. Yep. Um, you look at people who are below the poverty line are still richer than like 80% of the world. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, yeah. it's kind of odd to me. So the people in America haven't suffered as much as they think they have, you know, right. and like I said, I, I posted, you know, perspective is everything, you know, to yes. me, I don't fear a lot because I trust God, you know, and I'm a very, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm like, I'm a super, super religious person. I actually just got rebaptized into the Christian church about a month ago. That's awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with that being said, you know, I, I just, I just trust that things are going to be okay. Be cautious, be cognizant of your surroundings, but at the same time, like you shouldn't let fear just drive your society and drive your life. Yeah. I don't agree with crashing the entire economy. I think that we should be cautious. Like you think that we should be careful um, and that we should take the coronavirus serious because it is a serious virus. But at the end of the day, I also think that we should be able to live our lives. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Wanted to uh, transition to just a few fun questions to end the show, yeah. if that's all right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I've got these uh, pod decks. They're kind of fun, <laughs> just random questions. Sometimes okay. they flop, sometimes they're good ones. But we'll <laughs> Let's hope so. Yeah, so, okay, so it says, when you die, what do you want to be remembered for? Uh, 
let's see, I think currently I'm going to be remembered for how much I fight. <laughs> That's a good, not a bad thing at all. <laughs> so I think I'd like to be remembered for that, you know, just something that someone just won't back down. Absolutely. And what's your favorite gun to shoot? Um, so I actually, I'm a little bit biased. I have a Glock 19 that I won. <laughs> okay. And it's a custom made weapon. Um, and so I shoot that a lot, actually. But my husband has an M1 brand and we shoot that a lot as well. Okay, very cool. I'm a music guy, so I always love to ask this question. But what's your favorite type of music or do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to? I'm kind of an eclectic, so I listen to a lot of different things. Okay. Um, uh, you know, rock and roll and, and, and country and classical and everything like that. But one thing most people don't know about me is I actually really, really love rap music. Okay. <laughs> you That's know, awesome. I know, it, does, it kind of doesn't compute. It doesn't really make sense. But um, yeah. I listen to a lot of underground rap stars, and um, I, I'm actually friends with a couple of them, and they put some really good songs out there in the mainstream media. And so it's okay. a lot of fun to just yeah. listen to them, kind of do their work. So Right. The first CD I ever had was Arrested Development, you know, the album with Tennessee and Mr. Wendell. And, <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. And so this week, I'm actually going to be talking with Speech on my show. And wow. I'm just That's pumped awesome. about that. Last question for you. How big of a landslide does Trump win in November? <laughs> I think I think he will probably get, what did he get? He got 60 million votes, 61 million votes in the first one. I think he'll get about 115. Yeah. Yep. I think he will. See, I don't think it'll be more than, um, I don't think it'll be more than 120, but right. I, I think he'll definitely get 115 uh, just because I think he's converted so many people that had voted previously for Hillary since yep. the 2016 election. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you, Katie, so much for your time. It's been such an honor. Thank you for your service and your husband for what he does. We really, really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for your service too. Oh yeah, actually didn't, I didn't serve. I was the, I was the I punk. I just assumed by the beard. Yeah, no, I was, I was an 18 year old punk. I was a stoner in high school and I got a call from one recruiter and I told him like probably a lot of things I shouldn't have told him and said, you know, I was conspiracy theorist and yeah, I kick myself every day because you I got the beard, man. Right. It yeah. worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, man, I wish I would have. And I was just this, I was a druggy at drug addict for a long time. And so I never actually uh, went that route in, but man, once I woke up and got sober, I realized, man, I yeah. wish I would have done that. But, uh, anything well, that I can do for that, that though. And, and I love the fact that you run this show and I think it's great. Well, thank you so much. I hey guys, thank you so much for hanging around. Really appreciate it. If you'd like to see more videos from Top Radio MMA and the Bearded Biz Show, please click the playlist and also hit subscribe to our channel. Become part of the Top Radio MMA and Bearded Biz community. We would really appreciate your support. Also, please leave a comment below. I will read and respond to all of them. Thank you so much. Have an awesome day.